uproot the weeds of the discomfort. Let your courage sprout. Fertilize your days with happiness and nourishment. By request, we're going to chat about discipline today. When I first got the request to talk about how I discipline Kai, I'll admit, like, I was like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. Like, I guess I've avoided talking about my parenting practices for quite a while because I've always felt awkward when people, like, they're trying to give a compliment to my son or to me, like, oh, he's so well behaved. And to me, I had all these mixed feelings around all that, like, these people are being kind, they're complimenting my child, and in the same sense, they're complimenting me, like, I can see you're working hard, and your parenting and your connection, it really, you guys have a special thing going, and it took me a while to feel comfortable accepting compliments about that, which is a bigger picture of just accepting compliments to begin with, that my husband's always like, when I compliment you, you always make this weird face. I'm like, okay, apparently I still got some work to do around receiving compliments. And the thing is, we are always still growing. We're learning new things. We're shifting. And that's a huge part of discipline. Discipline for ourselves, and also how we discipline our child. The first place to start when evaluating discipline with our child is just looking at our whole surroundings so starting with ourselves moving to our home our any environments we go expose our children to and the people that they're around our child is a collection of all of that and the biggest place to start is with ourselves so there's been many times that we like notice our son doing a certain behavior and we're like man where did he get this from And then shortly, a few days later, we discover it was either from myself or my husband. And we didn't see that behavior in ourselves. We saw it within our child. And it didn't bother us until he was doing it. And we're like, ah, where's he getting that? And then when you're like, oh, that came from me. So just taking a moment to pause. And how I said in a future episode, acknowledging this is hard. So they're doing something that we don't feel comfortable with. We acknowledge this is hard. Does this have anything to do with me? Did they learn this from me? Why is this making me feel uncomfortable? And usually in those three questions, we can probably start to get an answer from it. If not, then we take it further. Like what in our home is not supporting this? So for a lot of scenarios... I would feel like it could be screens, it could be too many toys, it could be too many options, too many choices. Then from there, maybe it's a sport we signed up for, an activity, maybe we have too much on our calendars. Or maybe a friend that we're seeing regularly is just not the right fit for our our family and our child right now. Let's work through it. For asking these questions of, is that something they learned from me? We can work on it together as a parent and a child of having a conversation. Hey, I noticed you do this and I saw and I realized that you actually got that from me. Let's together 
figure out how we can change it, and also hold each other accountable. For example, I have a bad habit of picking my nails. I've done it my whole life, and I do it every time I'm thinking. It can be I'm brainstorming what I want to share in here, I'm driving, I'm thinking about anything. It's not necessarily I'm stressed out and that's my reaction. It's just I have done that for many years. My child's watched me do it and started doing the same thing. So it was his idea that every time he picks his nails, he does a push-up. Every time I do it, I do a sit-up. And he is very good at holding himself accountable that we'll just notice him all of a sudden breaking out in a push-up. So those are things that we can work together and encourage each other. And then it doesn't feel like this giant task to take on or the negativity that's associated with it. If we ask the question, why am I feeling uncomfortable about this? Those are triggers. Those are things that we are pre-programmed with that a lot of times it may be we don't even realize why it's making us upset. But asking ourselves that question, why do I feel uncomfortable about this? It can take us back to the past and bring up things that are uncomfortable. When we realize the past is coming into my present, we have control to end that. The next thing to look at is your space, your home. It's uniquely yours. It's never going to look like anyone else's. And a childhood home is special, right? Like they're going to remember the bedroom. They're going to remember their playroom, the toys they had, the experiences, the things they built. So if you go into their space that they have their toys, and if you cannot clean it all up in 10 minutes, they have too much. And a child is going to feel overwhelmed. If it's too much for a parent to manage, imagine how a child is feeling when they go into their space and they're like, oh yeah, I had in my head like this way I wanted to make this magnet tile creation. And they go into their space and they're like, I don't even know where my magnet tiles are and the floor is covered because all these toy bins have just been dumped over. They're going to feel that on the inside and then it's going to transfer into the rest of their day their emotions, their reactions to everything else. I will do an entire another episode on minimalism, simplicity, and how to declutter your home and all the physical items. The main thing, though, if you're feeling like, okay, my child has too much in their room, and you're probably right, Vanessa. No, you are the keeper of the home. You're the keeper of all these toys and these physical things we have. And it is not on a child to decide, oh my gosh, I have a hundred stuffed animals. How do I have this many? What one should I get rid of? Like, we are their guides to help them learn how to let go of things. But also, they don't need to sit there with us and go through every little thing. We're the ones that are creating this space and making sure that we keep it a nourishing environment in your home. You gotta also look at technology, screen time, and look at it as like an outsider, like for a day or two, a week, like just make some notes about what they're watching, how long, what they're doing, and then their behavior afterward. Maybe it's you notice they're getting these tendencies towards instant gratification or always wanting more or emotions are heightened, whereas in video games, you have control. Like, a lot of kids like video games because they're in control of the situation. 
in the real world, we're not in control of a lot of things. And so we need to teach kids reactions are important. And we are in control of our reactions, even though we cannot look at the world like a video game and control everything else. So evaluate how much technology you're using, what type of technology, and how it is affecting your kids and yourself in the long run. I know it takes a lot of work to not do screens or to do low screens. We are a no screen, low screen family, and it takes work. And it's awesome though, because I can be like, hey, Kai, Mama needs to work for a bit. So this is your time. You get to go play. You get to go create. Like, I'm going to come check in and I can't wait to see what you create. Next, we need to look at our activities, our calendar, how many things we have signed ourselves up for and what our weekly flow looks like, as well as our daily flow. When your child knows what to expect and what your daily rhythm is and what your weekly rhythm is, there aren't surprises. Kids thrive from routine, structure, this basic, like, giving them this feeling of my parent knows what they're doing and I trust them. And I know on Monday we're going to do this. And this is how I feel Mondays when we go do this. And Tuesday, this is what we're going to do. Within that, having outward things we go and we have fun doing a hike, but we also have days where we don't leave the house at all and we can slow down. We can cuddle up on the couch and we can read more. We can do this balance between like, there's a lot of really cool things to do as soon as we get in that car and we drive and we have our own magical school bus. And then there's also things I love doing at home. And I don't have to go anywhere. There's a saying, the five people we hang out with the most is who we become. And that can be true too for our child. You can hear your child go from speaking one way to being around like a couple of their friends. And they're like, oh, they say this. And then you quickly start to notice your child is saying the same too. So sometimes it's really hard as a family to find adults that want to spend time together and have common interests and as well as kids that are nourishing your child and supporting the things you're working so hard to create in your home and your values. We've been in a few scenarios where our child gives it a couple chances and at the end of it he was like hey I just don't I don't want to play with this child anymore like this is how they make me feel and I don't like it. And I need to honor that as a parent. And maybe that means I lose a friend for a while or that friendship is not the right friendship for our family anymore. But how amazing is that? That your child has acknowledging this is not the right friend for me to play with. And those boundaries and understanding for what is right for them, that's going to carry on into the rest of their life. And especially in long-term relationships they have unless we're honoring that when they're recognizing this as a child how are they going to live it out as an adult my husband always has this saying he brings up that parenting is easy but being a good parent takes work to me i don't like to label stuff good as bad it's more being a conscious parent and looking at the long run like i have 
18 years being in this childhood teen tween relationship with my child and helping them navigate through it the best that I can but in the end he is his own person he's going to make his own decisions what I can do is be a role model of hey I know my mom does this she always is doing this I'm seeing her do this that's the first thing I can do in discipline is model it from there I can apologize I can share we all make mistakes and we all want to do better so this is how I'm doing it and then this is how I can also support you and as you make mistakes I'm here come tell me about it and let's talk it through I learned very quickly the normal air quotes parenting techniques such as a timeout doesn't work for us my child will sit in his room and feel shameful and go through all these things that just heightens how uncomfortable he already feels he wants to be with us talk it through and figure out how we can fix it our children are all going to be different so learning about them and the type of communication the cues, the different things we can give them is going to be the most helpful. You can try something and it might not work. You can try something and be like, hey, that was almost effective, but I'm going to shift it this way. And you find it's amazing. Here's the amazing things that have worked for us. I've never once said no. I've said aole quite a few times, which means no in Hawaiian. But unless you are in Hawaii, chances are no one else is saying that. So it's a different word. It doesn't have to be no, but they know, hey, like, I'm not comfortable with that. Let's come talk about it or please shift to something different. There's so much around us constantly saying no, 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 no. And it's this word I feel like that doesn't even have meaning because it's been used so much. So come up with a different word that's like, hey, like, let's rethink this. Let's be mindful. Come check in. Something your child knows, like, I need to listen right now and pause and look at where I'm at. And you can use it on each other, too. My son will say, Aole, right back to me when I need also a check-in. I am a cleric temperament, so... I can quickly go from like, oh, we're good, we're doing all this, to like, no, you can't do this ever again. If I did not come up with this system of warnings, which we called them warnings, and now, as I was chatting with a friend about it, I wouldn't even call it warnings nowadays. I would call it reminders. Like, you get three reminders a day, depending on how old your child is. I started this a few years back when my son was younger, and now he is eight And so he only gets two reminders a day. But I will say, like, hey, that's, like, reminder one. And we don't even have to have a conversation about it. We don't need to go into too many details. And he just knows, like, hey, I need to, like, pause for a second and evaluate what I'm doing. This is basically, like, those situations where you're like, I have asked you to stop doing this, like, quite a few times and told you why this is not okay. Just give a quick reminder, like, hey, this is a reminder one. Have it as if they go through those three warnings or three reminders, two reminders, however you want to set it up, you got to decide what's best for you. You also need a consequence at the end 
and you have to be consistent about it. So if you say, if you get three reminders, we can't go to your friend's birthday party this weekend. You actually have to follow through. Because if you don't follow through the first time, the second time, the third time, the hundred time, and you start to lose their trust in your words having power, they're not going to follow through and listen. It may sound like a lot of work right now and changes you need to make in your day, in your home, in your life. But once you have this as your foundation, it is so easy to maintain and it's amazing how well it works. So simplifying your home, simplifying your calendar, giving less choices, just being like, hey, do you want to do A or B? Do you want toast and eggs for breakfast or do you want this? Two options. Keep it simple. Follow through with what you say and your child lives in an environment that they know what to expect and also how they can contribute to the home that you're working so hard to give them for their childhood. The last little nugget I want to leave you with is when you develop this relationship with your child, you are their first teacher. You know them better than anyone else. You trust them, they trust you. You can handle any situation. I posted a video recently I took of my child climbing a pretty tall tree. I think it was three or four times as tall as him. He climbs out on a limb and he starts just hanging there with one hand and then he switches it and then he uses one of the branches to scale down it and jump off before he knows it's going to break. So he has this connection with nature, with climbing trees. He's done it for so many years. And I watched him. He could climb before he could even walk. I know him because I was his, I'm still his first teacher. We've only homeschooled, but I've been with him so much that I understand the different things. I've seen the progress. We've created these different tools as we've gone, like the tree climbers code of it's a personal journey. If you go up, you got to come down. Know your limits. By giving him those tools and supporting him and trusting him, he rocked climbing this tree like no big deal. And he was so proud and confident in his strength. Whereas I kind of put it out there because I was curious what people's reactions would be. Like, you let him do that. Like, you must have been like about to have a heart attack. And you know what? I was not scared at all like I had confidence in him because I know I have supported him and built this relationship where we chatted about later and I was like hey were you nervous at all and he's like no I knew I could do it and he did it and then he's like I'm gonna go again like how awesome is that that I can foster his confidence and his strength I started to think about it in this way of Before we tell them not to do something, what if we go try it first? So he climbed up this little tree. Like he always is just climbing up these tiny little trees that are not even like angled or have branches sometimes. I'm like, how are you just like climbing right up that? Like think about back when we used to climb like the ropes in gym, like kind of like that. And he's just scaling up it. So if I'm walking over this tree and I actually did one day try and climb up it and I was like, Okay, I'm pretty strong. I can do some crazy yoga things. I cannot just climb up this tree. And that gave me so much more respect for his capabilities, his confidence. And who would I be if I was like, hey, no, don't do that. 
These are all the bad things that could happen. Don't ever do that. He's going to put that in his memory box and be like, hey, my mom told me if I do this, even though I really want to do it, these are all these bad things that could happen from it. But look at the support I gave him, the confidence and strength he has. that He can just go climb these trees like no big deal. It is so cool to think where those skills are going to lead him in life of knowing that he is strong, confident, empowered, and supported. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Vanessa's Holistic Living. Send any requests for future episodes.